Welcome to Our Journey to Equity, a podcast all about turning passion into tangible impact, alchemizing the shared desire for equity into actions and engaging conversations that expose health and social injustices and empower us with the tools and information we need to protect our right to live healthy lives. Together, we'll explore the power of community voices in achieving health equity for people of color. It's time to make a difference. Together, we can create a future where health equity is a reality for all. Join Tamara and her guests on Our Journey to Equity. everybody and welcome back to our journey to equity as you know or if you are new you will learn i am tamra i am a health equity practitioner i'm a healthcare executive and our journey to equity is basically a show that explores the many journeys of all of the health equity practitioners um, out there and just learning about how they get into the work how can they help us to help us transform our communities our families and advocate for one another and ourselves I am so excited to explore the journey that we have here today. I am introducing you all to Dr. Keisha Stewart. I am so thrilled for you all to learn a little bit more about the personal journey that she's been through to get to where she is right now and doing the health equity and community work that she does every single day. But as you know, we don't journey alone. So we're gonna kick off today with me sharing a little bit about my own journey, and then we will enter into this journey with Dr. Stewart. So I'm going to kick us off just to break the ice. Does that sound good to you? Sounds great. All right, fantastic. So the way that I got into this health equity work, and it's so funny because I was looking back at our last few episodes and I realized that when I was younger, the language for health equity efforts and social determinants of health and things like that didn't even exist. So in healthcare specifically, while I was always passionate about healthcare because I had a very um, uh, unique level of awareness, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say, with my family and just seeing how, you know, my family being a black family in um, suburban uh, Atlanta area, obviously very white. Uh, spaces that I grew up in and so I always saw the the biggest health disparities between my family and my extended family Mm -hmm. and how my white counterparts and many of their families and their extended families were aging and the opportunities that they had and and things like that so equity was always on my mind Mm -hmm. but understanding the language and why do black and brown families have different experiences with healthcare than other families. You know, I never really had that language or had the answers uh, to understand that. And so as I began my journey in college and um, I was pre-med at one point, I thought about being a physical therapist at one point. So it was always healthcare as the foundation, but it really wasn't until I started my job in corporate health when I saw that disparity live, in person. I was uh, working at a call center, but I was responsible for all of the wellness programming in the facility. And wouldn't you know, all the people on the phones in that facility look like me and you. I believe it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all the people that were in the administrative offices and the executive offices were 
you know, Caucasian white yeah. individuals that had the ability to actually access the wellness center on a regular basis. And the individuals that we were there to serve, which are the individuals that were on the floor, very sedentary jobs, long hours, high stress, because you call them people and they're just cussing you out all day long, all day. right? <laughs> uh, they never even had the time, the, you know, the capacity to take advantage of the resource. And so it was like I was there for to serve a specific population, but the only individuals that were actually able to access the resource were the people that didn't really need the resource mm -hmm. to begin with because they had the flexibility in their day-to-day -day work. Um, and you know that's not really why the whole organization brought this wellness company on board. So exactly. that's when it first really the light bulb turned on and I said, okay, a lot of this has something to do with policy. A lot of this has something to do with access. access. And yeah. I began my, my path forward from that point forward. Um, really determined to try to create some kind of equity. It wasn't that, um, you know, these individuals didn't want it, right? It wasn't that these individuals didn't want to feel better. They didn't want to feel stressed out. Right. They just didn't have the access. They didn't have the ability to say, oh, well, let me just, you know, <laughs> take a break from these calls and come <laughs> down here for an hour, right? They had a 30 minute lunch break. That's so, it. you know, a lot of times even how the, uh, organization was structured it, it didn't even make it possible so that's a little bit a little bit more of a teaser into my journey um, Keisha can you please share with our extended family out there uh, a little bit about your personal journey and what you do most definitely and it was so great to hear about your journey because I'm listening to it and finding that we have some things in common mm -hmm. so I started with call centers mm. I started with, I didn't know that I <laughs> right. <laughs> so when you're sitting here, I'm like on the edge of my seat, like the connection. Wow. So I started with call centers um, in credit and collections. And mm. again, like you stated, everyone that was sitting around me looked like me. Right. Those that were telling us what to do, they were a different persuasion. Right. And that's when I learned that there were certain pieces of information that those in my community did not have access to. That's right. So mm -hmm. we're talking to these folks and credit and collection. So like you said, we are getting cursed out. Right. <laughs> but there are, there are some things about financial health that was not being shared with these individuals. So we have folks that are filing bankruptcy, mm. they're um, destroying their credit, which is going to impact their housing right. and things of that nature. So that's when I realized that there was some information out there that everyone did not have access to. Mm -hmm. So in that space, I was just thinking of financial information and financial health. But as I moved on in my career, I realized there's so much information out there mm -hmm. that many of us were not exposed to. And this impacted our lifestyle and our overall health. Hmm. So 30 years later, the foundation of my career is still call center. Hmm. But now what's most important is the information and the impact that I'm able to provide with that information. That's right. Yeah. So when you say that you all were in a facility where you're speaking to individuals day in, day out about their credit or, you know, they're going into bankruptcy and mm -hmm. things like that. What you're saying is you realize that there was a gap in knowledge with the individuals that you all were reaching out to every day. Most definitely, mm -hmm. because they weren't aware of other options. Mm. You know, we would call and maybe ask about a bill and they would go directly into, <clears throat> I'm going to file bankruptcy. No one talked to them about credit counseling mm -hmm. or um, about debt consolidation mm -hmm. or just other things that may have been available, just like there were 
plenty of things available these last three years, right, with the pandemic. Right. When it came to mortgages, when it came to rental assistance, when it came to utility assistance. And again, so proud that the organization that I worked for, we were able to be um, a resource for the community mm -hmm. to help folks in those areas over the past three years. Mm -hmm. But yes, you are correct. There was a true gap mm. in knowledge. And mm -hmm. I was impacted by that as well. Mm. So not having access to certain information, I was a victim of predatory lending. Mm. So I got into a home, I was so excited. Yeah. I have my own home, I've signed on a dotted line, but no one explained to me adjustable versus fixed. Wow, okay, this is good. Let's dig into that a little bit. Yes. I think that we're leaning into the part of our journey together that we call endure. And so um, this part of the journey is really where you know, no, no, the, a lot of times people think that the pathway to success is a straight line, right? Like from here to here, we just keep going up. Right. But the reality is it, it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot like this, it you know, is. it's it a is. lot of ups and downs and, you know, a lot of curves around that path. And so when you're doing the work, you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, I'm in this environment where, um, we're, calling people about their financial and, and realizing they're, they're they don't have a lot of financial well-being, right? right? They don't have a lot of awareness or education about, um, you know, either how their credit works and how these things affect your ability to purchase a home, keep a home, you know, what happens when your credit is just out of whack and you end up having to go in bankruptcy. And a lot of times these individuals are black and brown, like you mentioned, right? Right, and it even goes past just purchasing a home. We're talking about, um, renting a home, mm. you know, being able to qualify right. to rent. Mm -hmm. um, and as we know, rents are skyrocketing. There is always a um, very strict criteria that has to be met. But because there hasn't been knowledge provided, I would even say like in the middle school, high school age of the importance, then we fall victim to certain things. We think about payday loans. Mm. We think about renting to own furniture mm. and things of that nature where we end up paying three and four times the value yes. of something. And again, that impacts our financial health and then over after a while and you begin become stressed yes then it affects your health oh yes this is so good this and then is it so can good. affect your family yes i mean it goes on and on and on um so just that gap <laughs> in information in so many different areas is what i have found is where i'm able to make the biggest impact okay so let's talk about your personal experience okay so um as you are helping others and finding out this gap that occurs, is this also when you were a victim of predatory lending? Or talk, talk, talk to us about that pathway, that journey that you went through um, in your experience. Most definitely. So I learned along the way. Mm. So I'm giving the information that I'm being given to those that we're talking to on the phone. But I'm saying they're everyone is not in the same position. Mm -hmm. It seems like only the handful of folks that I was talking to was in this position. So during that same time, I did become a victim of predatory lending because that was not something that was explained to me. My mother mm. became a homeowner very late in life, but she was also a victim of predatory lending. Mm. So she was able to sell and get out, but some, some people are not able to do that mm -hmm. and they end up losing their homes. So, um, as I mentioned, I didn't know um, the difference between fixed and adjustable mm -hmm. mortgage rates. Can you explain that for those of uh, the viewers that may not know right now? I sure can. Mm -hmm. So, a fixed rate is just what that says. That interest rate and that payment will stay the same. 
The only thing that may fluctuate with the payment is if your taxes um, increase. Mm-hmm. But with an adjustable rate, depending upon the market and um, the interest rates can go up. So for example, a few years ago, the interest rate was about 2%, mm-hmm. 3%. Right mm-hmm. now, I think it's knocking on the door of seven. Wow. So a person's payment can change you know, after the fixed period, which is usually two years. So you don't know what the bill is gonna be when you open it. So I knew what my check, paycheck was going to be, <laughs> but I did not know that yeah. my uh, payments would be going up. Wow. Wow. So that's why a fixed rate is so important because your paycheck is typically fixed, it right? Is. And if your pay- paycheck is not fluctuating along with market changes, then you're going to be in for it if you're, if you're an adjustable rate mortgage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then just going further, you know, being a single parent, being African-American female, there were a lot of additional stressors on me. Mm. So, I mean, it came to the point where I actually came home and... I had a foreclosure note on my door because I wasn't educated, but I thought I had done the right thing because Mm -hmm. I purchased a home for myself and my son. Mm -hmm. He had a front yard, he had a backyard, Mm -hmm. but because of this lack of information, I almost lost my home. And how old was your son at the time? My son was about 11 Mm -hmm. and he asked me, what is this note taped on the door? Wow. Wow. (laughs) So I'm having to try to explain to him what this means because the note goes into details talking about your home being sold Mm. on the steps of the courthouse. Wow. So I want to say that probably was the pivot in my life where I said, there's some information out here that I have to get. Yes. Yes. And I think I have been a like champion Mm -hmm. for resources and for information ever since. So thank goodness I was able to get the necessary information and save my home and Mm. save my credit Mm -hmm. and eventually and get into a fixed rate. Mm -hmm. But had I not taken that extra step, Mm -hmm. had I not had, um, you know, uh, folks that I could go to, Mm -hmm. then the situation would have been much different. I mean, let's unpack that because there's a lot in what you just shared there. And I mean, First of all, being a parent is hard, but being a single parent (laughs) is like, (laughs) I mean, whole nother level, right? It really is. And so you're a single mom, you're doing the best that you can to Mm -hmm. raise your son by yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And I I believe at the time you weren't close to family. Is that right? No. So I was in California Mm -hmm. and um, I had maybe a handful of family members. So it was kind of basically like myself and my mom Mm -hmm. and we lived maybe about 30, 40 minutes apart. But yes, in my home, my family was myself and my son. Mm-hmm. And you're doing everything that you can to Trying do the right to do thing. Everything. You, you know, you're just happy that you got a house, <laughs> right? For you all right. living, because you mentioned we had a front yard and a backyard, right? Yes. Like that was the goal, right? Yes. So, you know, that's the American dream to yes. have your own home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really thought I had done something and, and I believe I did. You did. And, I, and, I, and I'm grateful for the experience, because had I not had that, I wouldn't be able to be a champion for others mm-hmm. who lack information in, in, so in various areas. So for me now, it's not just about finance. Mm-hmm. I mean, finance is, is my specialty and what I do even on my own. Mm-hmm. But with the resources that I have um, in my career with the city of Charlotte, I do make sure that um, impactful information is our foundation. That's a beautiful evolution. It really is. So 
we're going to talk about how your work has evolved in just a minute um, okay. as the next part of our journey. I would love for you, right before that evolution happened though, you're going through this experience. So I would love for you to just walk us through how you got the information that you needed to stop the foreclosure, get your mortgage, you know, changed into a fixed rate mortgage and really start to build your career and, and you know, all the steps from there to help others. But before we get to that part, walk us through the steps that you had to take. So the first thing I had to do was take a deep breath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I said, OK, you, so I said, I know I've come this far and this is not how it's supposed to end. Mm. So I think sometimes information comes to us. It, it, it could be something as simple as mail and we don't necessarily read it because we consider it junk. Right. So I actually took the time to start going through the mail um, because once you're in that position, your name is like on a list and you'll have different companies reaching out to you. Oh, I see. So that's something else you have to watch out for. That's mm -hmm. a whole nother, probably a whole nother conversation, mm -hmm. but to make sure that you're not going to be a victim of something else. Right. Yeah. So what I had to do was to, um, at that time, uh, President Obama was in office mm -hmm. and he had a program called Making Home Affordable. Hmm. So I actually had to Google and do the research to look for that program to understand what the criteria was. I didn't quite understand. Um, at that time, I was very active in my church. Mm -hmm. So I did um, have some confidants in church that I very could good. speak with and mm -hmm. I shared the information with them and they put me on to some additional resources, including an organization called NACA. Mm -hmm. So I was able to work with that group to prevent the foreclosure, mm -hmm. which was a blessing. Mm -hmm. um, had to go through a couple of counseling sessions because they wanted to give me the information that I should have had initially mm. to make sure that I wasn't in that situation again. Mm -hmm. Now, was that financial counseling? <clears throat> it was financial counseling. And then it was also um, just resource counseling to mm. understand resources as a parent, as a house, as a homeowner, mm -hmm. making sure I understood those resources because sometimes We'll take on things in our home and not understand there's something called a home warranty that you can have right. that will help you. So there were so many pieces of the puzzle mm -hmm. that were missing for me that I really appreciate that they were able to put in perspective for me. That's wonderful. Yeah. So I'm hearing um, that it was a mixture of both deep information dives yes. and also reaching out to your community. And I think sometimes, you know, you're very involved in your church. And many of us may be also very connected to different social groups, but right. we typically, you know, are kind of like, oh, okay, I don't really want to ask that person to help me, especially as women and especially as a black woman, you know, it it's is. like, it oh, is. I don't yeah. want to have to ask for help. <laughs> and, I, and, and what I'm learning is we have to get over that. That's good. We have to get over it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, it's like they say, in order to be a friend, you have to show yourself friendly. Ooh, that's good, Keisha. So one thing that I'm trying to do is make sure that I present myself so that someone does feel comfortable mm. to come and ask me. Mm -hmm. And I try to surround myself with people that are just like that. So I'd say, for example, if there were 10 of us, that's potentially 10 lives that we can help to impact in a positive manner because we're showing ourselves friendly mm -hmm. and we potentially have access to information that they may not have. Oh, that is such a beautiful metaphor and example because truly I, I believe that there are people in your life 
that are there for a reason. Agree. And a lot of times you may have an unmet need, which is what you're saying, and you think that you're by yourself or you're alone in the situation, but you don't realize that sometimes the people in your life are there to help meet that need. And exactly. It just takes that that first step. Okay, so you have to put that pride to the side. That's right. Sometimes. That's right. And I know it's not easy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to tell anyone say, oh, just go share all your business <laughs> because that's not the case. But right. just try to surround yourself by people that, you know, want to see you be successful. That's right. And not even just in career, just in life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just in life. That just want to see you win. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's yeah. good. OK, so you were surrounded by people, obviously, that wanted to see you win. You got hungry for the information and the resources. And now. I, I think just knowing you, Keisha, your whole mindset is focused on how to help people it is. with information. Can, so can you talk to us? I think this is now a good point to really pivot to evolve. Can you talk to us a little bit about how your work has evolved given the experience that you've had? Yes. Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, so my foundation has been customer service mm-hmm. slash call center. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still run a 100 seat call center wow. for the city. Wow. And what has changed is, you know, so the call center was, you know, we're going to call, give you a little bit of information and that's the end of the call. Mm -hmm. But now the call center has evolved into a resource hub for the city and for the county. So we're talking about information that can help break the digital divide. Mm. We're talking about information um, that was relevant during the pandemic, as I mentioned, that helped with. Uh, rental assistance, mortgage assistance, utility assistance. Um, we're taking data information that we gather and we're meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm, so my call mm-hmm. center is on the go. Mm-hmm. It is on the road. So mm-hmm. you can find us in libraries. Wow. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> because we want to make sure that the community gets what they need. Mm-hmm. You know, our goal is to create a stronger community, one interaction at a time. Mm-hmm. Didn't say one phone call at a time. Oh, that's good. So that interaction could be in a library. Mm-hmm. It could be at a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. It could be through the call center. Um, it could be through any event that we're invited to, but we are now making that impact. We're even sharing information on a program that the city has that's helping folks to own homes, mm. that's providing grants uh, so that they don't have to make a down payment. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's amazing that I think I used to sometimes be a little embarrassed to say that I have a call center because I think people thought so little of customer service. Mm-hmm. But when I go back and I think about my journey and what how information was impactful to me. That's right. It doesn't matter what people think. I have turned this into something that is so huge that I actually have like a waiting list of partners who want to um, leverage our call center mm-hmm. to get information out into the community. Mm, Keisha, you're speaking right now to something deeply personal for me. Um, when I first really started to pivot towards working in health equity, um, one of my favorite scriptures that I felt laid on my heart almost 20 years ago now mm-hmm. was, my people suffer for lack of knowledge. Mm. And it, to me, really spoke to how much information is out there about how the system works. Right. You know, and how when you are not accustomed to fitting into the box of the system, you are going to be inside of a system that you don't know all of those. It's kind of like, you know, a video game. You don't know where all the extra points are along the way, right? right? To keep you from, 
you know, <laughs> dying early before you get to the flag at the end of, you know, the video game. But I mean, essentially what I'm saying is we live in a world that is made up of many different systems. And many of these systems were not were made to make sure that uh, marginalized groups of people, black and brown people, LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. I mean, any minoritized population, um, these systems were created to ensure that minoritized populations were not able to thrive, right, within right. these systems. And so when you think about information and when you think about something that sounds as simple as a call center, right, if you are a part of a system that was literally developed to try to cut you out of the system, information is a weapon. Information mm -hmm. becomes a weapon in your hand to make sure that you win, right? To make sure that you can thrive and not just survive. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. When I think about information, I th even think about my educational journey. Mm. It took me nine years to get my AA. Mm. Nine years, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I kept moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I think that information and the education that I received, it helped me to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And it helped me to be a better, um, you know, better in my career mm -hmm. so that I can be able to help others, help them move forward. Absolutely. So that moved me all the way to my doctorate degree because I continued to get hungry mm -hmm. for this information. How is this going to help me? How can I leverage this within an organization? How can I be more impactful in my community? So this thirst for information led you all the way from an associate's to a doctorate? All the way. Wow. And I celebrated along the way. A That's right. BSMBA <laughs> yes. doctorate. Wow. Yes. Congratulations. Thank and that's you. so important that we celebrate along the journey. We have to because yeah. sometimes we're we have to celebrate the steps in between. Yes. If not, sometimes you'll get discouraged. That's right. So imagine if I didn't celebrate, you know, okay, I finished this semester, that nine year AA would have never That's right. gotten completed. Oh my goodness, that's so good. Okay, so before we get into our last part of the journey, you mentioned so many things that you are responsible for leading as a part of the, the call center work. So your team is helping connect people to utility assistant, to um, you know, assistance with uh, any, any of the basic social needs, it sounds like. And we yes. talked about in a previous uh, episode, social determinants of health. If you haven't seen it, you got to check it out, which are basically all of those things in your environment that impact your ability to thrive and have the highest level of well-being that you seek. So it could be the fact that you can't afford your rent. It could be that you're short on uh, a payment for your electricity bill or your water bill, or um, it could be that you don't have transportation, right? And that's impacting your ability to keep a job. So mm -hmm. all of those things, those social needs and I mean, just like you said, when you don't have the information, a lot of times, I mean, it's just one thing chips away at another, and then all of a sudden your whole well-being is um, affected because you can't get, it's like you just can't get ahead. Yeah, and then what we find um, is that the lack of information for one person, it can impact their entire family. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I know that we also help to provide information on special transportation for seniors yes. that need to get to mm -hmm. medical appointments. Mm -hmm. Some folks had no idea that that was something that existed. So you think about someone who may have to take time off work because maybe they're hourly to take their um, elderly parent or grandparent to the doctor. So now they're missing finances mm -hmm. because they're wanting to take care of the health of a family member. But there are resources out there. 
So my goal is to make sure that any resource that I find, I make that available through our center. Oh, I love that. Keisha, we are so lucky to have you <laughs> <laughs> leading this in this community. I feel lucky and blessed to be in the role yeah. um, so that I can do this. There's so much information. I've even recently taken on um, youth programs, wow. which I think is great because now I'm providing information to the 16 to 24, 24 year old age market. So good. I mean, the earlier you can get it in, the better. I learned about money when I graduated from college and that was that's a terrible time to learn <laughs> about money. You need to know before you go. Exactly. And yeah. then when you think about even with youth programs, you think about so we talked about information and exposure. So everyone may not be ready for the traditional college route. Mm -hmm. But there mm -hmm. are there, mm -hmm. there are other skills that are in demand and other careers. But how do you know that's right if you don't have access to it? So I'm grateful. So that is another component that I have recently added onto my journey. Wonderful. OK, Keisha. So <laughs> talk to us about how we can elevate you because we all need a Keisha in our communities. <laughs> um, but this is, I think, as a part of um, really helping explore other people's journeys, but then also be a part of this community, right, where we're all right. on this journey together, because literally we are all connected in some way. How can we elevate your work? So I think it goes back to something I mentioned um, earlier in our discussion is present yourself friendly mm -hmm. and be okay to share. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we find that we don't want to share information. I'm not sure why. Yeah. Sometimes we want to hold on to it like it's our own, mm -hmm. but present ourselves friendly. Be okay to share and share resources that we know that our community needs. That's right. That's and if right. there is something that the community needs that's not available, reach out to your community, whether it be your local city or your local county, and say, this is a need that we have. Mm -hmm. This is who needs it. This is the impact. Mm -hmm. And let us know. Mm. Because sometimes there are things that are happening or that are not happening that if we're not aware of, we can't address. That's right. So we need that dialogue. We mm -hmm. need that information. But at the end of the day, we need to be willing as individuals. I need each of you <laughs> to be willing to share your knowledge with someone that you know needs help. Beautiful. Such a simple and very practical thing that we can all do. Just Most be definitely. willing. Step one, share the information that you have with someone else that can help elevate their life. Mm -hmm. Keisha, where can we find you? <laughs> if people are like, let me find this woman and see more about her work. Anything personal that you want to plug, please share it. Um, right now I am with. So the financial journey was so impactful to me and with information. I have started my um, own organization so that I can help people outside of my role with the city. So you can find me at performancestrategypartners.com on the internet. Um, you can also find me at Keyshell, at Keyshell, at Q-U-I-S-H-E-L on Instagram. But then you can find me with the city of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. With the city of Charlotte, you can dial 311 and they can get information to me. And I'm asking you if there's information again that you have that we need to ensure our community has, give me a call. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Keisha, for joining us today. We will make sure that we add all of the social tags so y'all follow us on social media. And if you're looking for where to follow us, you can find us on Instagram at Our Journey to Equity, and that is with a number two. Or you can just follow us on our website at www.ourjourneytoequity.com, also on our YouTube page at Our Journey to Equity. Thank you so much for joining us on the journey. We'll see you next time. Let's continue to amplify the voices of those fighting for equity and create a better future together.
stay connected with us by visiting our website, ourjourneytoequity.com, where you can access previous episodes, resources, and ways to get involved. Thank you for being part of Our Journey to Equity.